everybody, welcome back to But Why the Podcast, and today we are covering a classic, Seinfeld. As always, I'm Kate, I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Alex. Hey, I'm back. It's been a while. Yes, it has. It's been, it's been a while, while. I don't actually remember the last episode, but you know what? We're now I, here. It was, I, I think it was October, because it was month of Alex. Oh, yeah, Alex yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> just on every episode. Yeah, that's fair. So last time I was here, I made it count. Yes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Alex, why don't you tell everybody what you do, where you're from, and why you're here to talk about Seinfeld with us today? Yeah, so uh, I am from Portland, uh, geographically. I am from <laughs> the internet, more broadly speaking. Uh, specifically, I used to do a pop culture podcast called What We Talk About, When We Talk About, and then uh, I currently do... Uh, Friday for uh, genre and horror stuff. And I work on Game Boy's podcast doing uh, video game reviews and discussions. Uh, but also in general, I just am a longtime fan of comedy. Um, like pro- like my, my early favorite movies were things like uh, Tommy Boy and Bill and Ted and Wayne's World. And like, that's kind of where I have been coming from for a long time. Uh, is just like watching those kinds of movies. So yeah, when you guys said you were doing a Seinfeld episode, I was like, I've watched Seinfeld. I would probably be able to to hold my own in this conversation. <laughs> and now I'm here. <laughs> um, so I am not leading this episode. Matt is. So Matt, the floor is yours. Yeah, the floor is mine. Um, so we'll start off with obviously our introduction question, and this is for everybody of how much Seinfeld have you watched? And then I guess what is your favorite moment or episode? Because I assume everybody's at least watched some Seinfeld. If not, I don't know what's wrong yeah. with you. Cue Adrian. I uh, see your face. I guess we'll go with Adrian first then. Yeah, uh, I never watched a lot of Seinfeld growing up. I uh, just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it feels like, to me, it feels like one of those things that like everyone like expects you to watch. But the episodes I watch, not that funny. I don't think it's like... I just don't think it's like overtly hilarious. I think there's like funnier shows out there. Uh, it just didn't catch me like when I was younger. Maybe if I go back and watch it now, maybe it'll make more sense. But I just, I just didn't think it was like real funny when I was a kid. Uh, so I don't think I have like a favorite moment um, or anything. Yeah, I, don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. No. I think I know, like I know enough you. about Seinfeld to like get like pop culture references and things, and like <laughs> the dumb trivia that like my. Uh, my English teacher in high school in 10th grade was like obsessed with Seinfeld. And I'm like, always give us like Seinfeld facts. Maybe that's why I don't like Seinfeld because like every day was like a different Seinfeld fact. And I was like, who cares? Like, <laughs> to be fair, which an probably and now you're a teacher. Okay, so now you're a teacher and you understand that he was just trying to bond with you all. Yeah. She was like, yeah, then, then you know, this, this, this thing with Superman. I was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. This <laughs> mine. I don't care. Can we just, can we read catch on the right now, please? <laughs> I think to be fair, which we'll probably talk to, I think uh, Seinfeld was targeted. Uh, it was weird because it seemed to be targeted a higher demographic than probably your age mm. at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's what I was going to say to go off of Adrian. I watched this live with my dad when it was airing because this is my dad's favorite show. Like, Matt, you can attest, if you go to my parents' house, my dad will make at least three Seinfeld references over the course of your visit, sometimes more. Um, and so growing up, it was we sat down on the couch, we watched it together, and that went all straight over my head. I didn't know what anything of it. I, I did not know what any of it was. I did not get it. I did not mm-hmm. understand it. So I, I definitely get the, like if you watch it when you're younger. 
Um, but then in, uh, I think it was like my first year of college, I watched it all. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I get this. This is good. This is, this is good. <laughs> it's, it's date. A lot of it is dated and it could not be on TV now. Not a lot of it. There's some of it that, that couldn't, mm-hmm. but I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of there, a lot of the commentary that happens with just shitty people doing shitty things mm-hmm. and it hits, it hits now. It hits. And so for me, my favorite, um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I either don't like envelopes because Seinfeld made me think that I could die from it. That's the (laughs) one thing I took out of Seinfeld on my childhood because Costanza was getting married and his wife was licking all the envelopes to send out all of his, uh, all of their wedding invitations. And she ends up getting poisoned and dying from that. It also it's made a, it's me scared of the little silica powder. Like, actually, Seinfeld scarred me a little bit because I also got scared of the little silica powder things that they put in, okay. like, the, the don't eat. Um, then it was that. And then I actually, I'm not scared, but I just, I learned a lot of stuff from there. Um, I remember asking my mom what a sponge was when I was, like, <laughs> 11 and my mom was like, no, we're not going to have this conversation. I didn't find out until I was like 23. So, because it's an outdated method, but. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I know a lot and I see a lot, but I, I think the moment that stuck with me the most is the one that makes sure that I do not lick envelopes anymore. That is very and the one, And the one that reminds me of my dad, the Festivus episode, because my dad always mm. says, air your grievances. Yeah. Quality. Alex, what do you have? Uh, so I watched Seinfeld every now and again as a kid, but not all the time. Like for primetime entertainment, I think my family gravitated more towards like The Simpsons. And so that is what occupied a lot of my time. Uh, but I did watch it every now and again. Mostly, though, I watched through all of it when it came to Hulu. I was just like, oh, it's here. And this feels like something that I that I want to know more about and that I want to like make sure that I've seen it. And what's funny is as I was watching through it, I realized like I'd seen a pretty widespread of episodes previously as far as what season they came from, um, but I hadn't seen everything. So it was nice to kind of to finish out that knowledge. Um, I think one of my highlight episodes is The Parking Garage. Um, just because it, it it feels like such a good, weird, relatable thing to drag out into a whole episode. I'm just like, I don't know where we, like they did a parking or a bottle episode in a parking lot. And I thought that was so clever. That's amazing. Uh, but yes, valid. Um, so I, I'm laughing as somebody who's been lost in an open parking lot and parking garage many times. Right. It, no, it's like, it's a thing that happens for sure. Yes. Um, I guess for me, obviously, I kind of was like you all kind of like I watched some of it live and stuff quite a bit. Not not followed it because obviously I still was young, but I was kind of followed the Kate model of like once I like kind of got in like high school to undergrad. Um, I basically, especially when it comes to syndication, I watched it like all the time because it came on like every day at a certain oh, hour, yeah. um, which we'll kind of talk about the syndication of the show. But uh, no, so that's when I probably watched it the most. I don't know if I've actually seen every single episode. I remember a ton. But also, it wasn't until, like, I started doing these notes, I realized how many episodes there were, and I always forget, like, when we do these, like, how much they actually put into TV versus, like, nowadays, like I said, seven seasons nowadays, it's, like, maybe 50 episodes mm-hmm. versus um, what we'll get into, like, this in general. Um, 
as far as my favorite moment episode, the one I always remember and I always like to talk about, which probably said, is basically the bad breakup with Elaine, where that guy gives a very unique, discreet, bad something that you do that you don't about the relationship, just so, like as he's breaking up with you, and he tells Elaine, "You have a big head." And that's all he says and leaves. <laughs> and Elena comes obsessed with the, her having a big head. A bird actually nails and runs into her. And the guy beside her goes, oh my gosh. It was like, it was so big, the bird just couldn't move around you. And then she starts calling herself a walking candy apple over this. <laughs> and... I'm laughing because in college I realized that I was really Elaine and it kind of hurt. But, it's bad. But that would that's the one moment <laughs> I always think of and every time I see someone's like, Oh, like it's like you couldn't move out of the way. The bird hits you. <laughs> um but anyways, uh so yes, there's a lot of stuff there. Adrian's looking at us like he, he has no idea what's going on. But Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I, I I'm more lost now than during Kate Tor episodes. I think that's that's, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> that's remarkable. That's where I'm at. It is um, marble, which we'll probably touch but on too. I, I think, but, I, but like just giving just giving your conversations, all three of you were like, I think I'm just I just haven't gone back and watched it as like an older person because it doesn't seem like any of you really watched it like when it came out, came out, and like really like like liked it like it when it when it yeah. came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's just I think it's just that I just didn't. I think get you, it when I was younger. I think you need that. Well, I think you need a little bit of jadedness, but I think you need to have had some situation that you can connect with. When you're a kid, everything's fine. You don't get lost in a parking garage because you're walking around with your parent. <laughs> it's fine, mm-hmm. but your parents losing their shit because they don't remember where they put the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the bigger thing too, like of like not not that like. Seinfeld and Friends are the same, but I, I've have I've never watched all of Friends because I had like a lot of the same reasons. But I've never had the, the inclination to go back and watch Friends. Seinfeld, I have, I just haven't done it. But like, yeah. that like makes sense because I just don't think Sein like yeah, I can see like how Seinfeld could be something that I'd watch. Whereas Friends mm-hmm. and like those kind of like popular shows that I only yeah. know about tententially, like it, Seinfeld just seems better in that regard. But I, I definitely I yeah. loved, given given your I experiences, that already makes me want to go back and watch it. I loved Friends. I tried to watch it when it came back on Netflix. I hate it. So I hate it so much now. I could yeah. not do it. I have not tried to rewatch Friends yeah. like you all. Um, I know I've like obviously I got older. I tried to watch it. I like Friends. I do not worship Friends, and I definitely am not in the boat of like Friends is amazing. Same. I think yeah. it's, like I it's a, it's a it. fun time. It's solid background noise. Yeah, it's definitely solid yeah. background noise. And I definitely can pay attention, but I'm definitely not like, I will pay $100 when million I, to see this. When I paid attention, I realized how much I did not like it. Yeah. And hmm. I was, it, it was like having my like teenhood shattered. Yeah. Which pretty much- I think part of that is also just the friends similar to Seinfeld. You realize these are not particularly good people, but friends didn't spot like that. Or, like, maybe they were just gaslighting all of us into thinking they were good people? No, that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. They wanted you to think that they were good people. They praised them for being crappy people. Seinfeld was like, no, the world is crap. We're all crap. Let's go through (laughs) crap together. Because, like, in hindsight, Ross and Rachel deserved each other in that, like, neither of them were particularly good partners or people. They were awful. 
I'm sorry, Rachel Beth, to, to get awful. you off into like a friend's thing, but like that's like how <laughs> now I compare we've this. Derailed this whole because like they're both like they no, both but... have like super fandoms, right? But yeah, I always felt yeah. like the Seinfeld super fandom people are a lot more tolerable, which makes me yeah okay <laughs> with ha- being in this conversation. Whereas friends, well, whenever think... we do a friends episode, I'm just gonna rip that stuff apart because that show is hot garbage. Those people suck. My only defense would be that Joey is technically the person who is presented as the worst on Friends, but the only person I actually tolerate because he knows who he is. Yeah, Joey's That's definitely true. the best part of the, <laughs> of the show. <laughs> like, the only part I like. So. Okay, so now okay. that we've derailed and we've done a whole entire Seinfeld episode. <laughs> well, I, can, I mean, podcast. I can bring it back around, which is no, just that the, the important thing with Seinfeld is that you have to judge it. Um, not just like it's not fair to use modern comedy standards, but you have to judge it against the sitcom landscape of the 90s. Yeah. Yes. That's huge. Like nobody else was really doing what Seinfeld was doing. If you go and look at what was on, it was like Family Matters, Full House. Um, like Don't I'm- slander Full House. <laughs> okay, okay. So Listen. before we go through the whole episode here and get this, because Alex has a very good point. Uh, let's get it back around and do some background information here. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do yeah. it. All right, so Seinfeld... Uh, ran from 1990 to 1998, or technically 1989. So um, a few things. So that's kind of why we're doing this episode. One, it was kind of the 30th anniversary, but it's technically not the 30th anniversary. And also, sadly, the passing of Jerry Stiller. We already had this on the calendar, and mm-hmm. that happened like two weeks before. I'm like, oh, That makes me really sad. Yeah. Um, but no, um, yeah, so technically it's 1989, so they kind of celebrated it last year, but it's really 1990 when we get into it. Um, it was created by Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David. Um, it was on NBC for its entire run, and NBC, like, loved this show. It actually ran for nine seasons and had 180 episodes. <laughs> and the amazing thing about this 180 episode is that 1989 debut of July 5th, 1989, is... Season one, and it only has, it's part of season one, and it only has five episodes. Um, so therefore, the pilot, which was technically supposed to be like a TV special, aired in 1989. And then they were like, they kind of get through and um, essentially they do this and doesn't really get picked up. They go through some stuff, they decide, and then they decide to come back and they pick it up for technically the rest of the season and four other episodes air in the summer of June of 1990. That's why it's like, I know it's 1989, but technically it's yeah. 1990. Um, I guess the other fun part is it's originally, it was originally called for that one pilot uh, episode, uh, The Seinfeld Chronicles. Um, obviously, Bad it was, name. <laughs> it was obviously renamed after it was picked up for the second season. Um, it was also like kind of, they also saw what happened to apparently the Marshall Chronicles, which also died apparently like the early 1990. And they're like, oh. I'd did. never heard of that before looking at our show notes. Yeah, um, I didn't either, but apparently it was a sitcom that also picked up and failed in like three weeks, and so like we're going to clearly change our name so we're not referenced to this yeah. at all. Um, the other fun fact is apparently Elaine never actually is in the this one 1989 pilot. Hmm. <laughs> um, so there was actually supposed to be somebody else, and it wasn't until they came back around and decided to go with Elaine. They were going to go with somebody else as the, the, I guess, the woman of the group. Um, so speaking kind of the main cast of this, we obviously have Jerry Seinfeld playing Jerry Seinfeld. We have Jason Alexander playing George Costanza, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, I'm gonna end up mispronouncing that name. All this stuff I forgot. Just um, say Elaine. I always say Elaine because I don't her name. Is, I'm sorry. And obviously played Elaine, and then Michael Richards played 
Cosmo Kramer, which everybody kind of knows is Kramer, and I always had, and it wasn't until I went back here and I forgot his name was actually Cosmo Kramer. Nice. <laughs> and then, which also, can we like talk Newman. about just that? I don't group? know his real name. I just know it was Newman and Kramer. Um, no, I was going to say the one thing that actually looking at this, I've, I've never considered, and I don't know why, but Seinfeld is interesting in that it's a sitcom about, you know, 20 somethings, early 30s in New York, and they don't have the stereotypical, like, five to six people, even gender split. They just went for like, yeah, whatever. It's a guy and three of his friends. Yeah. Yes. Um, which was kind And they're of... also really normal. Yes. Yes. Um, the weirdest thing is that Jerry's a comedian. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, which we'll kind of talk about in a little bit. Obviously, he has Kate. I, but... Wait, I take that back. Kramer exists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we kind of mentioned Newman and other stuff. A few of the large recurring people, which was Lane Knight, played Newman, who actually does not have a first name in the show. His name is only okay. called Newman. Uh, he that. doesn't have a first name in real life either. He's just Newman. <laughs> Jurassic Park, he's Newman Nedry. That's how it works. He's Newman. <laughs> um, obviously, we mentioned Jerry Stiller. He plays Frank Costanza. Uh, Estelle Harris plays Estelle Costanza. And then Barney Martin plays Morty Seinfeld. And then Liz Sheridan plays Helen Seinfeld. And then I had to mention uh, Lynn Lezer playing Uncle Leo. Uncle oh, Leo! Uncle Leo! So, obviously, there's a lot of other guest characters, which I've kind of name has you know some of the big names that people probably forget actually starred in seinfeld but those are some of the mm -hmm. big recurring ones we had and then whatnot um as far as rating wise for the show it rated 8.8 .8 on imdb um it's like rated the <laughs> it's funny and i think that this is one of the things about the series is every time something gets brought up another seinfeld memory jogs into my head like Uncle Leo got brought up and it brought up the first time that my cousin waxed my eyebrows and my mom started making fun of me. <laughs> so like How is that time... Uncle Leo? Did his eyebrows burn off? Oh, that's right. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> and then he comes back and he just looks surprised. Okay, anyway, I'm just gonna mute my mic because every time Matt mentions something, a new sign it's like, I don't know, just you know, before this episode, Kate was like, I don't know what I'm going to contribute to this conversation. Now we're halfway through this episode, did. Kate had to shut up. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so basically, as far as rating-wise for the show, it had an 8.8 .8 on IMDb. It is the 48th or tied for 41st highest rated TV show ever. Basically, as we've said before, in some of these other ratings, it's number 41 through 57 all have an 8.8. .8, so how it gets to whether it's 41 or... 57 and they determined it was 48 i have no idea um it was actually a very successful as far as like award-winning show it won three mm -hmm. golden globes uh basically 1994 for best television series it was also nominated for best television series from 1994 all the way through 1998 um it won 10 primetime emmy awards four for best supporting actor actress in a comedy series three by kramer one by elaine um i found this one really intriguing um, not only were all the side characters, like, you know, the main four nominated all the time, mm -hmm. but they were nominated multiple times. And it was so bad. It was so crazy that like 1993 through 1996, all four, including basically Jerry, Elaine, yeah. George and Kramer were nominated or won basically best either supporting actor or actress or best like lead in a comedy. 
And the crazy thing here is that that Jason Alexander never won one apparently nope. because I when I think about all of those actors obviously they are not those characters but Jason Alexander is arguably the most transformative and convincing performance if you look at him doing anything other than Seinfeld. There Costanza is also the best character on the show. Like every time Costanza gets a subplot, it overshadows his things. answering machine still gets stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> or the fact that him walking out of the bathroom with a shirt on takes like somehow is what I remember from that stupid let's talk let's the obsessive Russian gymnast episode. <laughs> like Costanza is just great and it is a crime that that man does not have any awards. Which is actually Agreed. funny we bring it up, Constanza, because in 1997 they still get four nominations, um, because for all for supporting, including Jerry Stiller gets a nomination for best supporting actor in a comedy series, but Seinfeld does not. Um, so basically, I just always found that interesting with obviously the characters in general, just like how much, like, because we know shows that get, you know, like you have one or two maybe kind of do this, but the fact mm -hmm. that like said we had three years where basically four characters on one show were all nominated for best in their category. Yeah, that's an incredibly strong cast. Yeah. Um, the other thing found was, uh, which we kind of, I kind of looked up, was editing for a series and multi-camera production. And this, um, they actually were nominated. And think, uh, Janet um, Ashikaga? Gaga? I'm sorry. I, can somebody help me with this? I think it's Ashikaga. Ashikaga? Yeah, Ashikaga. Okay. Uh, she won three of these like editing for a series and multi-camera productions and obviously with a few more uh, nominations along with also Skip Collector and then Robert uh, Sound Sounders. Um, so like we're also nominated. So like it was actually multiple, once again, multiple people, but then obviously the thing, just how much mm -hmm. of the camera work, which um, was kind of also something I was reading when we're doing this is apparently the camera work in this is basically like transformed TV in general from multi-camera setups single camera setups but it was kind of very confusing and i don't know cameras that well to explain all of it and everybody's looking at me um, no i i, I, I don't know a lot about multi-camera setup or how seinfeld changed that however i will say that looking at late 80s sitcoms and television versus 90s there is a style shift and i know that tvs kind of pivot back and forth between single camera and multi-camera um, but I don't know what really causes that other than someone does it. It's like, oh yeah, that's a fun way to make TV. And then everyone goes to that. Yeah. Basically the funny thing is for all I, from what I found looking at the camera work that they do is after this show, a lot of times they go back to the singular, they go, they move to single camera, which is a lot of the shows that are filmed today where they don't have like this like set with all these camera angles per se. And like mm -hmm. the last show at this point, which they're talking about was probably the big bang that kind of might be the last multi-camera show not necessarily on but like that's kind of but awkward. popular yeah yeah mm. and if they're talking about like that one leaves it might be the death of like multi-camera finally yeah. with, with all the other ones because it's easier it's more efficient you can be more creative with single camera stuff mm -hmm. but anyway so they won a lot of film work for this um including this they won 60 other one 61 other awards for various shows including like the people's choice award for best tv comedy series they won that for 96 through 99 um the ASCAP Film and Music TV Awards. They were the top TV series from 1994 to 1999, and they were nominated for 185 other awards. Uh, so they were very successful. Yeah, that's prolific. That's really impressive. Yeah. And especially considering, like, I mean, most shows, I feel like once you hit that seventh season, the quality becomes incredibly questionable, like whether or not you're going to maintain. So seeing that they had that illustrious of a career 
it's like, oh yeah, you guys actually like pulled it off for more than the than the seven seasons that I usually will give a show. Yeah, which is also um, where they kind of did an inverted of like the first three seasons. Obviously, the first season is literally only five episodes. Well, yeah, think. but uh, obviously they kind of pick it up and how it gets actually better with eight mm-hmm. throughout the seasons. Yeah, um, and I remember seeing a thing that that he talked about, like one wanting to go out on top, which is why kind of why it ended where it ended, and also he thought that ten was too round of a number to end on. Like he was like, everybody goes for ten, so we're just going to be done now. Yep. And they there was an offer on the table for a for a season ten, and he just got weird about it and turned it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've been talking all this time, so I guess we should give after a quick synopsis of this show, basically, for, for those of you who've been living under a rock. Um, essentially, it follows four friends who live in New York City doing mundane, everyday activities that's supposedly funny. It was actually often called often called a show about nothing. As we said, walk, losing your car in a parking garage is like an entire episode. Parking in a handicapped spot is an entire episode. Like... <laughs> That's such a good episode. <laughs> there's a lot of things. But the funny thing about this whole there's thing... There's a lot of car episodes, isn't there? Because there's yes. also the one about whether or not you can back in or pull headfirst into a parallel parking spot. Yep. yep. And again, and then, a whole episode. And then there's one where you're like, you know, when you brush in your nose in the car, but you're not picking your nose. It's it's a lot of very mundane activities that go on. Um, the funny thing, it was actually originally stated and pitched, however, that they basically want to follow the comedian Jerry Seinfeld because essentially he plays himself and a crew, mm-hmm. as a comedian and basically as a way for him to get his material for his stand-up. So basically through everyday life, which we see a lot of comedians have talked about this, a lot of their stand-up routines and a lot yeah. of comedians get, they get through their everyday life. And so essentially this was a show about how a comedian gets his material. Which makes sense. I've never thought about it like that, but that makes total sense because Every piece, like, I feel like Seinfeld, the way it exists and the way the storytelling is done around such mundane things, like, these are the conversations that we have in our friends. Matt has told the story of how I was very adamant that I thought we parked in front of a Dillard's when it was really a JCPenney's many a times to friends because it's funny. Um, And I, I think that that's why it hits now being older because there's something that is funny in the mundane because it's not unreachable. It's the same reason we love The Office and Parks and Rec. They take these really boring things, but because we can at least, I- but because we can identify with the boring thing, it makes it funny and not boring. Mm-hmm. Also, Serenity Now. I just, I just want to start talking about episodes because so many things are coming back now about all i have for the background information and kind of synopsis does anybody have anything else on that one before we get into but why those no adrian are you all caught up uh yeah uh, all caught up i mean i i know there's like has like a bunch of episodes and, and, and things like that and it ran for like a long time um but like looking at the years this makes more sense because we were like my dad watched seinfeld and then if he's watching it like you know in the later seasons i'm still super young so i, I understand I'm, under, I'm stuff is clicking making a little more a lot more sense on why i didn't watch it when it was serialized oh yeah now to get into the but why those and as matt does with all of his episodes that he leads we're going to start off with successful show aka franchise or whatever (laughs) Um, basically lasted nine seasons 180 episodes of nominated one many awards has already went through um from 1993 to 1998 it was the top it was in the top three highest watched shows um basically and so Basically, every year it was top three of most watched shows from those five-year peak points, which is pretty good. I mean, I know there's been others, but still, for what it was. 
Um, it's ranked high on pretty much any list you can probably ever look at. I think Ranker, which we've used before, has, has a third best sitcom. I think only trailing Friends in the Office. We already discussed Friends sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we will not be doing a Friends episode. We, on we, this we, will, we will eventually. Um, I think the final thing I'm interested in, obviously this is a little dated, but I just did uh, 2013, the Writers Guild of America voted the second best written TV show of all time. What did they vote vote number one? The Sopranos. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Although that's one of those ones where like it feels like we need categories because best written sitcom versus best written drama, like those are two (laughs) just completely different writing styles. Yep. Yeah, but it was uh, interesting to see like that. Which also we might touch on the uh, Sopranos here in a second. Um, The funny uh, as of 2017, the show has made over four billion dollars just from syndication. I believe you know it. They, you know how they did it because they sped the episodes up to cram in more ads. <laughs> that's an actual thing that they were caught doing. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but also, I will say, I believe that they made four billion because I remember my dad rushing home from. Uh, I think we had we were at my grandma's. And we rushed home so my dad could watch the finale. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I just remembered this. This is the end of Seinfeld. This is the end of Seinfeld. No, my dad was still on the couch every day at the same time watching the syndicated yeah. Seinfeld. Well, no matter seen, how many times he's seen the episodes. Have you seen the photos of Times Square when they did the finale? They no. literally showed it in Times Square. That's cool. Yeah, so it's like, okay, this was, like, to give you the scale of the show, it was that important that they aired it in Times Square. It was also That's that important cool. to where, you know, these are filmed usually before a live audience. They actually did not film it before necessarily a live audience. They didn't film it before, like, selected people, and you had to sign not necessarily a NDA, but basically the 90s equivalent to an NDA, a vow of silence, if you were going to be in the audience. I mean, when this was actually yeah. being filmed and made. Um, so. That's cool. That's about how large. And basically they didn't tell like anybody and have anything and whatnot else. It was a huge you, ordeal. Also, I convinced my dad to take over Hulu payments when he realized all of Seinfeld was on Hulu. That's why I have my parents Hulu. Because he really wanted to watch Hulu, but he didn't think it made sense for us to have two accounts. Nice. But yeah. <laughs> um, as far as the syndication we brought up and stuff, uh, Jerry Seinfeld has made over $400 million alone just from syndication. Obviously, that doesn't include what all the other cast is making, but yeah. And then obviously, I believe it's HBO Max that bought, that is scooping up all of these shows right now. Yeah. That will basically highlight, I believe it's Friends, um, The Big Bang, Two and a Half Men, Seinfeld will all be launching, I believe, on these platforms. And they paid a lot of money for each of these, like in the hundred millions range. I will tell my dad that HBO Max is getting Seinfeld, and then I will let everybody know if he then decides to go buy that service. <laughs> yeah, because I believe it was bought from, like, Bycom. And I know they could also be in syndication for uh, uh, TV Land and other stuff now, moving there. Mm. Um, as we kind of mentioned before, like, because I mentioned that I want to mention the Writer's Guild thing, obviously, the next one, why that would be the writing. Um, the show is renowned for its writing of comedy. It obviously changed a lot of the way comedy is sitcoms are written. And I didn't realize this too. It makes sense when I start thinking about it doing this, but apparently most sitcoms up to this point, they were written basically, you have an A story, a B story, and then you have the surrounding material essentially is called a runner or a joke that kind of is done throughout the whole episode. And then Mm -hmm. you're kind of left with like a moral lesson, whatever you're done. Um, 
it's still very common. We still see it in a lot of episodes in general. And I'm sure there's some episodes in Seinfeld that is. But Seinfeld, since we did it a little different, which was Kate mentioned with like some of George's subplots of each character mm-hmm. had their own gen- own separate storyline and it technically all converged into basically a final mm-hmm. moment creating this larger outlier, you know, part or certain story with all that was bigger than all the parts, but they all kind of match together, which we see all the time where George starts, you know, in a car broken down or trying to do a day and Elaine's over here doing something and Jerry's at his apartment doing nothing at the end. They always end up in the same place together. Mm-hmm. And was it Seinfeld who they had the philosophy of no one ever learns? Yes, yep. I think uh, yeah, and and that was the thing was yep. there there is no no stinger wrap up. It's no one ever learns. No. Nope. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I was gonna. I was gonna say my favorite. I think my favorite episode that I remember where they do the nice wraparound of connecting the two was the Frogger episode where Costanza's trying to keep his high score and Jerry has to like take a TV like across the like lanes of traffic. <laughs> and it's one of those things where these these plots are completely separate from each other. These characters are doing their own things. And then there's a moment of, oh no, this is all the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, obviously we mentioned all the time, taking mundane everyday activities and making them funny and putting this, obviously, that differed from a lot of other shows that kind of you had to have some type of level of action or some type of interaction and stuff for engaged or climax and everything else. Um, it focused on the little details of life, such as, like I said, funny, I wrote this in the notes, of losing your car in a parking lot, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Basically, there's, like, other random ones of, like, licking envelopes and just little details. And they did such a good job of trying to show, basically, anxiety, different types of, not necessarily anxiety you have, but, like, anxieties and type stressors of life, especially for mm-hmm. living in New York City, without having to go over the top of, like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I need yeah. to go crazy. It's just like, oh, I I don't know what I'm doing. I lost my car. I'm having a breakdown yeah. right now. I mean, the, the first episode opens with a conversation of how many buttons do you undo on a button-down shirt? And that's it. And it's just them debating like, oh, yeah, that second button. That's kind of the hard one, isn't it? And it's like, that's how mundane this show gets. But it is something that happens in everyday life. Everybody has gone out and thought, should I leave the one button? Do I want to go two button today? What do I do? I think I think my favorite, my, my favorite smallest moment that is just really hilarious is the eating of the Snickers with the fork and knife. Yep. Like, it's so small, and it's so stupid, and it shouldn't be hilarious, but it's hilarious, and it keeps coming up. Well, I mean, they do a whole, I mean, we talk about mundane and do stuff like, somebody, somebody, you let somebody pass. They didn't give me a wave. Like, you're supposed to do a courtesy wave to somebody when you let them in. How dare you? Like, is this rude? Is this not rude? Like, are you supposed to wave? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, like I said, and then the Frogger getting stuff, like, you know, they do live in New York City. Elaine technically doesn't even have a car throughout the show so it's just kind of like having to maneuver through a city and doing everything of like oh i have to get from point a to point b i'm relying on so many different factors and mm-hmm. everything else and so yeah it's just been they like said it, they did it very well what they do um also the cool thing is basically all these characters are modeled off basically real people and a lot of especially from like larry david and jerry seinfeld's life especially larry david yeah i know seinfeld is kind of the name of the show and the character but larry david is actually a very important person in all of this show and everything that happens. I feel like the episode that everybody in film Twitter 
should watch is the English Patient episode, and that's actually my favorite Elaine episode, because she just keeps getting roasted for not wanting to put the energy and appreciate the English Patient, which had come out. And she just is, like, adamant that no... And it just makes me feel like, uh, like just film Twitter conversations. I'm like, all mm-hmm. y'all need to watch the English patient because you see, you can see how stupid you sound right now. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, um, like I said, the writing overall. For, there's reasons why people renown this for the writing and comedy is so popular, which mm-hmm. kind of also gets into basically the characters. We've already mentioned they're all nominated for awards. We all love them. We have all their moments. We kind of touched on a little bit of. This is kind of the first time we get really especially popular show where the characters are not really actually good people. Um, they're actually mm-hmm. kind of bad people. They aren't like the levels we get to like the Michael Scotts of the world. It, yeah. It's not it's always sunny, but it lays the groundwork for it. Yes. It's it's a marked yeah. departure from that style of television that dominated from the 50s to the 80s. Yes. Yeah. This is a full I think house. you have on the hierarchy of this is a shitty person you have like uh you have Seinfeld, The Office, Always Sunny, Archer. <laughs> where does the league fit in there? Yeah, I was like, where does the league? Because they're pretty. They're not like right under Always Sunny. Okay, yeah, that, they're, yeah, they're not as bad as Always Sunny, like, but they're right, actually pretty. Yeah, bad. they're right under. Yeah, they're right under Always, Always Sunny. And then the league is also a show that literally takes this pretty this entire premise and does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Only it has fantasy football. I miss the league. That's such a good show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like I said, it's one of those, and it's funny because like, obviously as you get older, you realize this and you see it, but it's also nice because they're not good. And obviously this really connects with a lot of people and you see yourself because obviously at the end of the day, everybody's probably not as a good human being as they think they are, especially if you want, if you were filmed or did everything you do, but it does a nice thing of seeing all this. And it's funny because I brought up the Sopranos and a lot of people when they go, cause they talk about apparently with these shows, because remember in the late 90s, going in the early 2000s and whatnot, we start getting like The Office and then all of a sudden some of these other shows that come up, um, they kind of like the late 90s established. It's not necessarily in comics, but like the age of antiheroes because The Sopranos comes along in late 90s as well and everything mm-hmm. else. And then even Friends, if we want to go through there. <laughs> but um, people always seem to credit The Sopranos, especially because you're like, oh, there's a, you know, basically what he was and you know tony soprano was not a good person and so people are like oh yeah that's where we get like no it technically goes all the way back to seinfeld jerry seinfeld is probably kind of you want to say in i guess 2020 days of he has a lot of toxic things about him but in general he's probably a normal person that doesn't care about a lot of things mm-hmm. <laughs> um obviously uh alex touched on a little bit but larry david went through the whole motto no hugging no learning um no character no character ends an episode with a hug nor a lesson learned um so they didn't learn they didn't want them to learn they didn't want them to grow and in many cases they don't even feel bad for whatever happened to ha- whatever the people that were involved in no the, again the envelope episode the way costanza is like happy that his fiance is dead is mm-hmm. one of the coldest and most awful things that anybody has done in television from that i just i remember him talking to the doctor being like so this is what killed her right like just trying to get like that to make sure that it wasn't him he just wanted to he just wanted everybody to say that he didn't kill her yeah yeah and it's like oh man like what a harsh horrible end well i mean we talk about because especially when we get to like obviously they end up date there's a lot of relationship stuff like any 90s sitcom and like Jerry breaks up people for some of the dumbest day. Elaine basically basically leaves people like for 
reasons like, oh, he's ugly now. I can't date him. Or... Elaine is not good. And I realized that my dating habits in college were like Elaine. And I was like, oh, no, I'm done now. Bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, they well, don't. Well, then work. there's the whole sponge worthy yes. arc. Yes. Um, like I said, none of these characters learn. Larry David did not want them to learn. He did not want them to be good characters. He did not want them to do anything. And said he didn't want them to end in hugs. He didn't want them to have character development. Mm-hmm. It was it, like I said, it was kind of how they went, dude. And it makes it great, especially like I said, it's weird when you watch it and they have the comic moments, but when you do kind of look back and or start watching it as you get later and you start like I guess putting perspective or doing you know episodes like this, you realize like man, they did a lot of like messed up stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if it wasn't like super over the top, but it was just like I said, we parked in a handicap spot. It was like the hell with that handicap lady. Um, <laughs> but um. To kind of break down some of these characters, especially the playing four, we have we start with Jerry Seinfeld, obviously. The basically it's a crab is kind of like the everyman is what I found from the Paris Night Town. He's very basic and people identify him. He's able to like observe the chaos, but he's very not always a part of it. He's obviously kind of like the center, but not really like involved with everything. He's kind of not really the most successful person, but he is the only person who can tape a job the whole time. So it's kind of like he is because everybody we go oh, through like yeah, jobs, losing jobs and whatnot else. Mm-hmm. Costanza wants to keep progressing in his job. He's just too awkward to actually know how to do it. That man is riddled with anxiety and gets very loud instead of crying. Yeah. I mean, Elaine goes yep. through different, three different jobs. Kramer, we still don't know what he's doing to this day. Kramer just mooches off of everybody. He has nothing. I guess he's he like a con mo- artist. Movie phone, right? He was movie phone at one point. So he that's was. One thing. He's essentially Taco <laughs> from the league. That's all he is. Yes. Yeah, 100%. The league is just Seinfeld. With um, kids and families. Yeah. They don't have but it's there. just Seinfeld. Um, obviously, the funny thing is they did the entire episode on how Jerry's entire life, he breaks even. Like, Elaine throws his $20 at the window, and he found out the dry cleaners accidentally left $20 in his pocket, so he broke even. Um, so he's not he doesn't have bad luck, but he doesn't have good luck, so he's just consistent in everything. But he's also, like I said, he goes through a lot of women. He breaks, he you know, failed relationships. He breaks up for dumb reasons, you know, like she used my toothbrush mm-hmm. and I break up type stuff. Like there's a lot of like dumb things. He does some like said they hmm? they all break up for weird reasons. Well, like, I know none of these he, people have healthy dating lives. He has very no. weird standards, very like things of like I don't like the color you're wearing. I don't like you. You know, they just don't. <laughs> and it's it's something that we experience in every day and we see. But obviously, you're like when you watch it, you're like, oh, you're kind of a, you're kind of not a nice person. Um. We move on to George, who's essentially is by far the worst character when we go through the actual thing of he's basically a compulsive liar, self-loathing, neurotic. He clearly has parents' issues. He's dominated, as we see, between Jerry, uh, Jerry Stiller playing Frank Costanza and obviously Stella. He's also probably the most compelling character. Stella! Yeah. Which, as Kate said, like, hit, how much Jason Alexander does for this character and does everything, he's definitely, like, one of the best. My people like him, but it's weird he never won anything. He's obviously just like a short said he's obviously uh, i put he's always down on his quote-unquote luck because he really wasn't but you know he's basically a very short little stocky guy that's balding he doesn't have anything going for him in his life he has no like said spine or per se if he said with his parents coming in um but the funny thing is what we noticed throughout the thing is essentially this whole goal was basically to get with women relationships but only to a certain point and he always fails mm-hmm. you can't ever figure out why and i found the nicest thing i found from doing this is he's a 90s version guy for what we call the nice guy 
So basically, he, yeah. he does good deeds or says he does good deeds, but it's all motivated to, can I sleep with this person? Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. Yeah, and then obviously, he's definitely very self-centered and stuff. Uh, I didn't say this episode first, favorite one, but I do remember this one of, I had to write down, uh, the one episode, he he's at one of his girlfriend's son's birthday party, and a kitchen fire breaks out. And he literally runs out, knocking over the children and the old ladies to save himself. <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. It's it's a really good Costanza moment. <laughs> oh no, guys! What if I'm not Elaine? What if I'm Costanza? That's bad. <laughs> but I mean, like he he liked to be a marine biologist. That's another thing. Like he's a marine <laughs> biologist. Like there's a reason that's a thing. Art Vandalay. <laughs> Like he does a lot of very compulsive lying. He does a lot of stuff, and the but and probably like I said, the good thing about a lot of the show too, and like the good thing is because like with the Larry David situation and whether it's no growth enough, they pay for a lot of these mistakes in some way or form. Yeah, which is um, what makes the no learning so much funnier. Yeah, that there kinda, is a consequence, but they're just like whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like we talked about because obviously a model these notes kind of Archer in a sense of like these characters were never designed to be good. Nobody's saying we need to celebrate these kind of characters, do whatever, even when we kind of find hilarious and everything. But it's not like they don't go unpunished. I mean, they do get punished yeah. in ways. Obviously, they get away with some the stuff. Audience, the audience is very clearly knows that these people are horrible. Yeah. And then, obviously, they have Kramer, who's the wild one. He's out there. He, the funny thing doing this, he might actually be the best human person character out of everybody. Yeah. Because he genuinely tried to help strangers. He even tries to get like Elaine and all them like, hey, we have to care about these people. How about we help them? Um, the problem is he's obviously quirky and very strange and ends up doing some weird And stuff. a con man. And is living off of other people's well, lives. That's what I'm saying. He always ends up in these weird situations and they often happen times be be illegal. But he's also like extremely honest with parent people a lot thing, because he just doesn't mind in general. Like he tells that lady because they get things like, oh my gosh, you need a note job. It looks awful. And then she like freaks out. Um, I think that was one of George's girlfriends or thing. Probably. Yeah. And it was, but he's, he's also the worst human in reality. Like the yeah. actor. Oh, which is yeah. a really interesting dynamic. Well, as we get, we can go into the personal lives that they all have at this point outside of like, uh, probably, um, I don't know what Jason and Eric have done, but I mean, obviously Julie has been great for everything, but obviously between Seinfeld and Michael Richards. Yeah. Jason Alexander played the king in Roger and Hemertide's Cinderella with Brandy, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so obviously I only said three of the characters, because I do want to kind of transform, transition into kind of like Seinfeld's influence on TV. And I kind of want to doing so, I kind of want to talk about Elaine herself and kind of everything that Elaine kind of set up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, because Elaine influence basically as a female character and basically a popular show and everything obviously for those who don't know she was kind of the woman in the group she can be very superficial and erotic she was kind of like jerry a serial dater she wasn't really good with people either she usually ended up doing self she's awful with people yeah. she pissed off almost everybody she ever met yeah. she obviously blew up a lot of her relationships based the funny thing like i said somebody was so good he ended up getting in the accident he basically messed up his face and she's like, he's ugly now. I have to leave him no matter how good he is. Um, she was very selective with her dating, like who she was looking for and everything else. Um, she could be very mean. And as we said, um, but as far as like, obviously she was messed, but as far as like, obviously like Kate go kind of get her, because I know you love Elaine, sense of like, she wasn't, she could say she they 
they showed her as normal per se and mm -hmm. and i know it sounds weird to say but like she was normal for well, especially a woman you know lead and she was kind of a mess and flawed and everything else because before this we kind of get like the traditional women leads we have like murphy brown i think is the big one that comes up before this is basically that whole show is i am strong woman i do my career and do great i find my calling mm -hmm. stuff and it's like hits hits you over the head with a lot of stuff and i know there's something that kate and i know kate's really stressed on of what we've had even in the past few years of how we get in portrayed of women characters and whatnot and obviously the other thing that we've always said for years of you know their development revolves around relationships and love and that kind of pushes forward where elaine does have a lot of relationship stories but definitely none of them define her especially even if they do define her in a good way at all mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> um she also had plenty of other stuff outside of just her relationships. Um, basically, she wasn't perfect. And she was pretty much kind of a bad person. Um, also, when you go break down to a little bit deeper, of uh, she, they gave her a lot of quote-unquote male personality traits, and even the wardrobe she wore were very like I guess like conservative. Like she wore like blazers and other stuff, and she wore more, suits yeah, like suits. just straight up. Yeah. she wore oversized suits all the time, yeah. and it was so good. I remember that growing up. Yeah, but so kind of kind of some of those traits about the angry, loud, demanding, and everything else, as Kate said, in your face and whatnot. She got angry mm -hmm. all the time, and obviously for Kate, the last thing, essentially, kind of a different sense, but we don't get Leslie Nope without a lane in a, basically a lot of ways. Yeah, it's interesting because so many, yeah, I think, like you were saying, female leads on sitcoms were often, you know, the mother in the house or or the girlfriend or relegated to some kind of either romantic or matronly role. And this was, I think, one of the first big ones we got where it was like, nope, we're going to write her basically the same way that we write Jerry. Like, she just does what she wants, gets what she wants, like, doesn't think about consequences. And it breaks so far from tradition. And again, that goes back to the thing of this show breaking away from what we'd been doing for the last 30 years on television. Um, but yeah, I think that that makes her a really interesting character. And I'm now like actively comparing her to the women on friends. And I'm like, she is objectively she's better like, than all of them. Right. I'm like, she's not a great person, but I do like her more. I think. Well, she's better written in my opinion. So, oh, for so sure. what happens? So like when you see this and like bringing up Murphy, Murphy Brown, like the other categories, you just get the cold career woman. She only wants a career. She doesn't care about love. She doesn't care about any of these things. And when Elaine comes in there, Elaine is a mess in the same way everybody is a mess mm -hmm. because she's thinking about everything. It's not, I can have it all. It's just, oh, I'm moving through life. And I only got one sponge left. Who am I going to use this sponge on? And if yeah. you don't know what a sponge is, it's a form of contraception. <laughs> and essentially, like, her having that type of conversation is something that you would have. Like, mm -hmm. the fact that they give her the ability to to have sex, to have relationships, and never vilify her for it. Because a lot of the times, a character like Elaine would appear in a sitcom, but she's the bad person trying to mm -hmm. corrupt the good person. Whereas, as much as, as much as Elaine is angry and loud she's no more angry and loud than the guys are. Yeah. And that's something that's also really important too, because a lot of the times when, when sitcoms and even do, do it now, when a woman is angry, when a woman is loud, a lot of the times they're doing it to make her a nagger. A lot of the times they're doing it to, sorry, 
a lot of times they're doing it to undercut her position in some way. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like she's a girl in a group of guy friends, and it's like, no, this is just how you have to talk to them. But then yeah. she takes that outside of her friend group and alienates mm-hmm. anybody she comes into contact with. And yeah. Elaine doesn't have a lot of female friends. So I see myself a lot in Elaine. And a lot of it, and I don't want to say like it's so actually to take it a step further, you don't get the women of sex in the city without Elaine. Because mm-hmm. all of those women in that in that show and in that series, they are women who are just written like people. And I think especially because a lot of the heads of these sitcoms and things, even the ones that were made focused on women, they were dudes writing them. So instead of mm-hmm. being like ultra cautious on how you have to write a woman. Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld were just like, these are literally how the women in my life act. So Elaine is going to be this way now, too. Well, and and I think Um, a really telling thing about how they wrote her is the way that they handle her in the contest, which is the famous episode where they all agree to just not masturbate, but they never actually say the word the entire episode. Yes. Uh, and, and the most that you get with her gender or anything getting brought into it is they're like, well, no, this is going to be easier for you. So you pay more money. (laughs) <laughs> and that's it. That's all we get is that they make her pay 150 instead of 100. Yep. It's it's one of those things where like uh even watching it back with 20 uh, with whatever whatever year we watched it at. Even watching it back from like a we're in this time now and this is happening, Elaine's character still holds up. Mm-hmm. And I I and and I think that it's also a character that like you end up with uh what is it like Dollface and Two Broke Girls and all of these shows that come out that are focused on women being pretty messed up. Fleabag, all of these Mm -hmm. shows that are showing women like this for the first time will know Elaine was the blueprint for that. The ability to be messed up and it's okay, that was already there. Um, And I think that it's ultimately just something that I really like because I don't like idealized things Mm -hmm. a lot especially when it comes to showing women in series because i'm the farthest from any of the female stereotypes other than being a loud brown woman (laughs) and so it's just really nice to see that that type of thing because i functioned in mostly male groups my entire Mm -hmm. life and so watching elaine back it just it didn't seem weird it seemed normal yeah that's that's huge uh i think honestly if i'm if i'm gonna evaluate the main cast of the show my two favorite characters are Elaine and George and Jerry and yep. Kramer. Like they're fine. But if I had a show that was just about Elaine and George, I'd be happy with it. Yep. Oh, and Elaine is also brutal to George. Like yes. Elaine is probably the meanest one to George yes. out of the entire thing. And it's so good. It's so good. Oh yeah. It's, she is definitely some, and the funny thing we're talking about all this and bad stuff and obviously not just Elaine, but all the characters we're talking like, Oh, they're kind of bad people. But as you said, like, I didn't want to say the word normal, kind of like none of their because like it's just kind of how people act, and some of it is kind of mean, comes off rude. But like I said, it's not like anything over the top. Even though some of the stuff Elaine does to George is pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, she throws his wig out the window and says, "You are bald." You are <laughs> that that's a brutal episode. <laughs> it, was, it was so good though. Everybody needs a friend in their life like that though, because that wig was bad. It was. It was very bad. <laughs> but no, like I said, it, it Elaine's a great character and i probably do have to agree with like it's funny because jerry is the most like the main character of all this but it does find interesting which is kind of like a way i described him of like all these other characters are in such chaos and they're going through so much stuff and they do so much more crazy things 
that like Jerry's character, while good or whatever, it just does not it like when you want to say what you want to do, it's Lane and George are definitely way up there when it comes to like the compelling mm-hmm. and interesting characters. Um, so yeah. Um, which obviously I guess moving on from there, and I kind of talk about I mentioned kind of ended with like the Leslie note. We mentioned Sex in the City, you know, maybe a few other characters. Um I like that Kate broke up or brought up two broke girls because that stuff just like I've tried it. I don't get it. Um, I don't like it. I don't it's weird. I don't I don't get it. Well, because in those show, I guess I don't know. It was the nineties, whatever. I just feel like a lot of the times when I watch these shows that are geared towards showing women like normal and being messes, I feel like they focus so much on trying to break a stereotype that it, it feels. It, it it feels it feels like a new stereotype. Yeah, a new it one. feels mm-hmm. like it it feels like a it just feels fake. So when I watch that as somebody who is very much not as in the feminine space as like one would assume, and I know that that's a very weird thing to say, but it it's just like the archetypes I say on TV don't describe me. Mm-hmm. Um, Elaine was just normal. Like, it doesn't feel like anybody's ever trying. It's hell! The episode where she's obsessed with cleavage! I've done that! It's so, like, it's such a good episode, and none of it feels like it's degrading to her because she's a woman. If anything, she has an advantage in these group of stupid, stupid men because she's a woman. And that's something that is very apparent. Mm -hmm. Also, when she tried to smoke cigars. Yes. Another good episode. Um... (laughs) So, yeah, so kind of moving forward, um, so now we're going to probably bring Adrian back in the episode, because this is where Adrian's going to know now that he's gotten all older. Um, obviously, these shows have kind of inspired a lot of stuff of shows that were We Like Bad People, of obviously The Office, Always Sunny, Arrested Development, Curb Your Enthusiasm, even Broad City, to a sense. Um, I don't I, yeah. I, I still don't like Broad City from what I watch. I like it, Broad City. But I do. Broad City's the closest to Elaine. That I oh will say. Oh, gosh. Well, because they're in New York. So much. No, because they're they're just messes, oh, but in a normal definitely. way. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about a normal way for that one. They might be a little over top there. But anyways, um, so outside of that, um, which by the way, does any has anybody seen Curb Your Enthusiasm or like it? Yes, I watched I love the it. first season and I had a good time with it, but I didn't have access to the so rest much. of it. So I've been like Alex, where I've watched some episodes and I've enjoyed what I've watched, but I've never like watched it or anything close to like what I've watched with Seinfeld or any of these other shows. For some reason, I think obviously because it didn't come on to HBO or something for a while, for a long yeah. time. Probably yeah. why I just never got it, and I've never gone back to try to rewatch it. But from what I've seen of it, it's pretty good. And obviously, this is kind of almost like the quote unquote sequel to Seinfeld at this point because it's Larry David's. Well, it's Larry David, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, basically, literally, they jump from Seinfeld. He jumps basically, spring shots himself into Curb Your Enthusiasm and whatnot else. Um, but I know that's another reality show. Um, obviously, as I said, catchphrases memes and pop culture and what adrian knows because and what we all do know what a lot of stuff that you may not even know where it even comes from um Mm -hmm. probably seinfeld has a staying power to be relevant through all this because of everything that we've seen throughout all these years yada 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 is basically a huge one where people realize not came from seinfeld sponge worthy the double dipper essentially obviously that one blew my mind when i realized (laughs) it was a seinfeld term the double dipper is so good. It's an entire episode about somebody double dipping. 
It's so, so and, good. And what's funny is if I remember right, since so it started as a joke on a sitcom, and I want to say I saw that somebody actually did a study on like germ transfer through double dipping to determine whether or not it was unsanitary. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you have things like that of like, we made a stupid joke and then dragged it out into a whole episode, and then someone was like, I'm going to study this? That's insane. Well, like, my, uh, when my boss at work gets mad, she says serenity now. My dad, growing up, my dad would say that. Not ironically, not trying to be funny, but genuinely trying to calm himself. The fact that people still... Also... Oh, go ahead. Okay, the fact that people still go, he's a marine biologist, and people during the day <laughs> go, why would we say that? And it's literally just because it came from an episode. Also, my dad is very obsessed with pointing out when it's Festivus, which is Festivus is December 23rd, and it is a great holiday where we all air our grievances. Yes. But do you do the feats of strength? <laughs> yes. I have no strength. Which obviously, obviously came from apparently somebody, uh, I think I was either where Jerry's neighbor used to do this in their family holiday. But yes, Festivus came basically the show. Festivus for the rest of us. Basically, literally, the show made a whole new holiday of how important it was. Um, they have well because atheists use it a lot now. Yes, they like do. it's something that comes up a lot with atheists because it like the literally like, the thing is Festivus for the rest of us, like the people who don't celebrate Christmas or don't believe in that stuff, and so it actually got adopted by a lot of atheists, which is really cool. Yeah, and then obviously we have puffy shirt, but I don't want to be a pirate. Which is great, and I love that line. Every time there's a puffy shirt in the game, I always think of Seinfeld. Don't want to be a pirate. My character has a puffy shirt in Animal Crossing um, because I had. But you to have very it. tight black pants to go with it. I do actually. Excellent. Um, hello, Newman. Um, obviously, we mentioned uh, I was in a pool shrinkage. They did a whole entire episode mm -hmm. of like what happens when guys are in a pool or when you're cold. Um, Bubble Boy before the movie came out um, was a thing. Yep. Mm. And then obviously I can keep them going. These are just some of the like eight I listed. We could probably do this forever. My mom still says, "Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon?" The funny thing all is, all the time. Get out. Apparently was another one where people were yelling because Jerry always did get out. Um, was kind of there. Adrian, what do you know from what stuff? Obviously, we may not watch show, but just obviously you've heard from like over the years. Uh, definitely like the Hello Newman stuff. Uh, I know about Shrinkage, yada yada yada. Of course. Um, I don't know. I think I'd have to like hear hear them to like know them. But all of these, I I I know by reference pretty much. Um, except for Double Dipper, I didn't know that that came from Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Actually, kind of. Uh, cool. Also, I'm uh, I'm looking at a list now. Regifter is another one. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because we think about all this stuff and we're just like, oh, yeah, we said it, we say it before, jokes and whatnot. We've seen it even in other movies, other shows, but it all apparently started like here doing some. Well, even just even just saying Newman, like even mm -hmm. just saying a, like a singular name with that much hatred. Thank you, Elaine. It, it's just something that I think gets done in other shows all the time, especially yeah. sitcoms. Yeah, but it comes Josh, from here. Megan. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, the dots are connecting. Um, obviously, it was funny because Jerry Seinfeld wrote a book in 1993, which is obviously kind of with the Seinfeld years and whatnot, called Sign Language. And so it's kind of like a on the title. And so basically all these phrases are referred to as sign language 
and stuff, and it's actually a New York sellers, New York Times bestseller book, apparently. Never read it. I knew it kind of existed, but I did not realize the lexicon of Seinfeld apparently I, I knew a guy who had a copy of it that he got out of a free pile, I think, and he refused to part with it because I wanted it. <laughs> Three things. One, Dingo ate your, ate your baby. Yes. That's Seinfeld. I didn't have enough space on the uh, notes to write that one, to be fair, because that was a great Also, one. man hands. Man hands. Yeah. Man. But the best one is a close talker. Man hands, yeah. Close talker's great. Somebody Come. being a close talker, because that's a very real problem. It is. The weird things, like I said, we're laughing at these same things, but these are generally real problems and stuff we see. Um, close talkers are very terrible and scary people. Also, my second favorite episode is The Summer of George. Oh, and, Summer of George is very good. And so my entire summer after graduating before grad school, my dad just kept saying Summer of Kate. I love it. There you go. <laughs> um, kind of, as we mentioned before, um, kind of a bunch of fam- uh, famous people. Kind of want to talk about some of the famous guests that actually appeared that we may not remember. And then a little bit on the Seinfeld curse, which apparently was a thing. Um, some of these famous guests include John Favreau. Um, Brian Cranston, Courtney Cox, Brad Garrett, Orrin Graham, Terry Hatcher, or, um, Jeremy Piven, Denise Richard, James Spader, Pat Oswalt, uh, Mark Skinsky, Mariska, Maris, Mariska Hargitay. SVU lady. Um, yes. There you go. <laughs> Benson. Benson, for Benson. the people who don't know. Benson, Benson. The only person who remains on that show from the original cast. Oh, wait, no, Anna Ice-T. Um, and be fair, that's just like probably the most people, like notable ones. The list and probably like some of the older people that we may not recognize and stuff that did a bunch of stuff were on there. Obviously, um, I can't remember the obviously we had some famous. I can't remember the New York Met person that came on there that had the great episode. Um, obviously, Larry David ended up playing George Steinbrenner for a while, but obviously the reference to George Steinbrenner for a lot of the recurring shows was great, um, and whatnot else. But yeah, they had a lot of guests. They had a lot of people. And it was cool because it was weird because, like, Seinfeld obviously played himself, but then they would have some of these guests on and they would just play themselves. Yes. And mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of like a weird – not saying – I don't know if it's ever been done before, obviously, but it's like a lot of times, you know, we have an actor come on. But no, they just had a famous person. They would just come play themselves for, like, an episode. And that was about it. Um, obviously, then I want to talk about the Seinfeld curse. Um, all these side characters, uh, we, uh, Julia, we, Dreyfus, Elaine, obviously Michael Richards, and then um, Jason Alexander, they all tried to have careers afterwards in, in new shows. They had spinoff shows. They had everything, their own shows, other stuff, and they essentially did. They all bombed and maybe barely lasted at all. But then, obviously, for, like, good, like, this, I mean, this is lasting for, like, a long time. Seinfeld ends in, like, 98, probably wrapping up filming. And obviously, it's not till about 2006 to 2010, where Elaine, Julia's show, um, The New Adventures of Old Christine, finally takes off for a good four seasons, and she actually wins a primetime Emmy. And the funny thing about this is obviously just kind of thing, but she, when, during her speech, she goes, I'm not somebody who really believes in curses, but curse this baby. And it's just kind of funny because, like, very powerful. Yeah, it was just it was yeah. powerful, but it was just funny. Like, they didn't want to believe in it, and we didn't say it, but like you could tell it was in people's heads and their own heads at times. Oh, yeah. They heard it so many times mm-hmm. for how many times. And then she, she went, went on and on... did Veep, which was phenomenal. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been waiting to say. Veep. Like, Veep exists. She beat whatever curse was happening. Well, she had to do the new adventures of old Christine first to get past it, and then now she's obviously been far enough to done. 
because I do know people. She's just so funny. She's just a funny human. Oh, very much so. Which yeah. is still hilarious that it took still almost 10 years to actually get a show off the ground because she was in a bunch of other stuff and mm-hmm. other shows before this. And Although just, I, I did yeah. a quick search and like Michael Richards did the Michael Richards show, which when yeah. a comedian <laughs> names their show after themselves, it's that's a that's never a good show or very rarely is that a good show. And then he, yeah. then he had his crazy breakdown and everything. That, else. Yeah, his 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 racist breakdown. Yeah. Yes. Um, but no, obviously, Michael Richards, you know, what, obviously he didn't fail. I mean, like go on to do multiple shows like Jason Alexander and even some of the movies that Jason Alexander starred in that were very bad. Um but he didn't do anything else, that's for sure. <laughs> Michael Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like Jason Alexander because he just seems like a really good guy to have a beer with. Anytime I've ever seen him on a talk show or giving an interview, mm-hmm. he's just such a nice person, which is crazy when you think of how crazy Costanza oh, yeah. is. That contrast is insane. Yeah. Um. So kind of, I guess, a little bit of like kind of fun facts, but kind of the last two are not really so much a fun fact because I kind of want to talk a little bit. Um, despite being one of the most watched TV episodes ever, and as we talked about being the most hyped up show, like season series from now ever, pretty much to this day, everybody still hates the finale and are still pissed off about it. Uh, My father can attest to this. Yeah, I, I mean, know. okay, so do we, do we want to explain what the finale is? Um, yes. Sure. Um, Go for it. it it, I mean, it's it's a character parade. It's a, it's a clip show yeah. for part one and a character parade for part two. Yes. Or no, sorry. It's the, no, never mind. I got that wrong. Part one is them getting arrested. Part two is character witnesses against them, and that's where it turns into a clip show and a character parade. Yep. Yeah. And it's like that's also honestly, clip shows are risky in general and very rarely good. But what a wild idea to end your show with a clip show. Yeah, it's usually like a yeah. mid-season type thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. Unless you're community where you do a clip show, but none of the clips are actually from the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, honestly one of the most clever episodes community, I've seen. Another show that, uh, that we wouldn't have without Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Also, if anybody's wondering what Jason Alexander's up to, he is Cy Boardman in the Harley Quinn TV series. Nice. But also it ends with them basically being in jail all because somebody had water in the ear and they couldn't get their plane to their TV show and then ends mm-hmm. with them just being in a jail cell arguing um, and having Jerry's- the exact same conversation that the show started with. Yep. Yep. Um, obviously Jerry Seinfeld to this day, obviously he's done interviews and said that's basically only one of his only regrets was the finale. And they basically had other plans and they want, they actually thought about maybe possibly adding another little addition onto it at some point, yada, yada, yada. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> Did, have they said what the plans were for the finale? Not really. They just he just from what I got gathered was they kind of wanted to do something else on top of it and not just end it per se like that. But nothing obviously of concrete. And I kind of just honestly, to be honest, it's kind of hard searching for it. Like why now? And obviously you, I know you screwed up. But yeah, apparently it, this was something that obviously still sits with him and sits with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. To where, like I said, if you ask anybody about Seinfeld at this point, it's I love the show. I still hate that finale, and I still yeah. hate what they did. And that's basically Honestly, what... it almost it almost would have been a better finale if the last episode was the first episode of the show that they pitched, and you can see that it's just not good and not going to pan out for them, and that's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. I don't know where they were going with it. Oh, so well, I know when the first time I watched it, I was like, ah, this isn't great, but not bad. But then it's like, and then like, and I watched it again later, and then obviously after I watched more, it's just kind of like it hits you of like. 
this show was this good and this is what we got. I'm like what? And that's what Jerry Seinfeld mentioned. Said he goes, honestly, our show was super about little detailed stuff, and we tried to do big comedy, and obviously we failed at that. Because yeah. you know, park mall parking garage to let's try to make a clip show and bring everybody. And we didn't even mention, as I said, Brandon, did I not put Soup Nazi on here? I did not. Okay. You did not. And that's away. a whole other thing of like, yeah. didn't they get like sued or something about that? Which obviously was another fun fact I had, which was uh, Michael Costanza, Jerry's friend, whom James George is named after, basically filed a $100 million lawsuit claiming invasion of privacy and defamation of character. It was dismissed and thrown out. Um, <laughs> I think he wrote a whole book. He wrote a whole book of it called The Real George Costanza. <laughs> wow. So like, it's pretty bad. I don't know. It was weird. I get it. But I'm also like, who cares? Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. The weird thing, obviously, talking about one more kind of quote unquote from back, as the show actually failed after that first thing and for the test pilot and test audiences, and basically got released out and it's been leaked everywhere, essentially, of basically being too New York and too Jewish. <laughs> and that was that's a, a that's a take. Yeah, right? and, that's so bad. That was the NBC thing, and so basically, if you ever find out like about the behind the scene thing, Seinfeld is too New York and too Jewish. Um, I have saw a few stuff looking up that basically. Some people did like the way they actually showed Jewish people in a positive light, even though it kind of like they mm-hmm. kind of were per se like bad people, but it wasn't like, you know, a horrible thing. They're, you know, they're basically middle class people doing, you know, living in New York. With, quote, quote. Just living their life. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah, they were just existing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously I'm not Jewish. So I can't speak on that from that perspective. So I don't know per se, but that was basically the huge thing of like what the uh, when they were talking about picking up that came out and those four or five words show up every time with Seinfeld. Um, Hello Newman that we brought up has actually only said 15 times throughout all 180 episodes. I don't believe that! That's what everybody says. That's shockingly low. And then Alex uh, mentioned a little bit of this. NBC offered $100 million for 10th season. Jerry turned it down. And for those of you who don't okay, know... I didn't know it was that much. I just knew that they had offered him money for a 10th yeah. season. And that is $100 million in 1998. <laughs> okay, so what's what's inflation due to that? Oh gosh, I'd have to look that up. I didn't look it up. So. I, I'm looking it up. Keep talking. Okay. But uh, so yeah, that obviously I could keep going and rattling off the uh, fun facts. I think the other crazy one they had was the finale. People make the kind of the bad joke of it was the finale was so bad Frank Sinatra died because he died basically on the night of the release of the premiere of the season finale. Um, obviously, I mean you can keep going on and on with a bunch of random stuff. I didn't look at both. Those were the kind of the most interesting ones I wanted to talk about. Obviously, I knew we were going to kind of be over time because this is, you know, I mean, I know it was only 10 years and it's been a long time, but it's mm-hmm. a very popular show. Yeah. Alex, uh, it turns out it'd only be 153.89 million, but so still. He, he would gain an additional $53 million. <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah. I'll take that's the point eight and be happy. <laughs> yep. Seriously. Um. But yeah, that was no. That was just for and to be also. That was just for one season. Wasn't <laughs> just oh, we're just gonna pick you know like a whole entire like few shows and everything. That was for one season. Um, so that, that's about that's all crazy. I have. Obviously, we could keep going on with more episodes, more fun moments, more stuff. There's a lot. Like I said, if there was ever anything that was quote unquote memeable or anything else before memes even existed or catchphrases, it was pretty much this show. Um, I pretty much have kind of you know. I really like the show. Um, I I do under some people I know don't like it, but obviously I don't think people understand. If you're younger, you know, you're probably offended by yeah. everything. But oh whatever. yeah, we didn't even get to the Seinfeld isn't funny thing because yeah. that's like a whole oh, yeah. trope. 
and, yeah. and really, just to, to go over that real quick, the whole idea of Seinfeld isn't funny is people now watching Seinfeld who had never seen it before and thinking this show's not funny. But what really is happening is that you're looking at the original, but you've seen so many copies that like it just seems like another copy and it's not good. And that goes back to earlier we were talking about you have to judge this against the TV that it was going up against. Um, yeah. And when you look at this type of storytelling, these types of jokes not happening at the time, it was hysterical and it was new. Um, in the same way that, you know, in 10, 15 years, early episodes of It's Always Sunny are not going to really register. Yep. Yeah, because, I mean, I said, I've heard so many people talk about, well, about this show, and I'm like, yeah, this is literally a Seinfeld, like, ripoff, dude. Like, I know you think it's funny, mm-hmm. but, like, I watched the original, like, um, yeah. so, but, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with those people. Again, never I love the League, but I've realized over the course of this conversation that the League is just Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess like yeah, Jenny is kind of just Elaine. Fem- yes, that's all Jenny is. Jenny is Elaine, one hundred percent Elaine. Yeah, dang. I love Jenny so much. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's my kind of upset. My kind of talk this whole time about that. Do you all have any final thoughts here before we get out of here? I just think yes. My- oh, go for it, Alex. You always go last because you usually have a soliloquy. You're also right, right, right. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, I like Elaine, and Elaine was a lie in that I thought I could wear suits like her, and I can't. So, yeah. No, I, I, I just, I really love Seinfeld. It, a lot of the times when my dad and I talk to each other, and then we make, the, the common comedy between us is Seinfeld. And that's something that I'm really thankful for because my dad doesn't watch a lot of TV. My dad doesn't care about a lot of TV, but my dad loves Seinfeld. So if I ever need to make a reference to him, I can pull one out from Seinfeld. And it's something that is really great. And one of the things that I really love, too, is watching my parents make Seinfeld references to each other. Because my dad will walk into your room and my mom will say, hello, Eric. And it's just one of the most adorable things because it's their language, too. And so watching people like in my life bond and then also with me, it's funny. And the funniest thing is my dad never tries to explain a Seinfeld joke to me. Every time my mom makes one to me, she has to tell me what episode it's from as if I wasn't sitting on the couch with them when they watched it. Incredible. I do love that. Adrian, what do you got for us? Yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to give it a shot, but also like if I don't like it, I'm not going to tell y'all. Because you're just gonna tell me I don't get it, and I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> it's just not good. Uh, but I'm, I mean, I I think I like it, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Also, I rewatched Always Sunny like two months ago, and those 15 year old episodes are still they're still good. They still hold up. Oh, yeah, I don't know how st- they put some of that stuff on TV, but it, it's still, that's true. It's- the, the very first episode alone, I'm like, I don't know how this got aired. I don't know how that got aired, but it, it did. So I have faith that people will like Seinfeld, hopefully, like in the future, if it's still like culturally relevant. But I'm glad y'all like it. I'm going to give it a shot. If it's all on Hulu, I got that Hulu Plus. I'm going to watch commercials. I will say, obviously, trying to give it a pro- I can put it on in the background. I will say, obviously, trying to get it on as much as like not funny is people don't realize that the time gap, like they do a whole episode on a telephone. People don't even have telephones. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is quite a bit of stuff that gets outdated that you just wouldn't understand possibly the struggle of a telephone or an answering machine, as you said before, of like the stuff is just some kids remember we had an Apple commercial, people don't even know what a computer is. They they buy yeah. they buy a giant TV and it's like the most magical yeah. thing they've ever seen. 
and like people now buy like flat screen TVs that have like that I can play Netflix on and they bought like this giant like big like 600 pound TV and then for a wedding that fails and they kept trying to take the wedding gift back because they broke up after they gave it to them but um <laughs> but it was one of those of and they were four people that went in on this and like nowadays like this stuff just yeah, yeah. it doesn't connect I, for I those think... reasons as well like, I think, Adrian, I don't know if you would like it just because you've said on the podcast before that you don't like things about bad people, mm. even when it's comedy. It's the reason you said you didn't like The Office oh, <laughs> or didn't care for The Office. But at the same time, I think that what Seinfeld does is it makes it so normal that you'll be able to find some sort of thread that you can actually appreciate from it versus, like, just something that's completely in left yeah. field i mean I, I think just from the conversation i think that's definitely like what will happen because i don't like friends because when you when my wife was trying to like watch it for the first time i was like these people suck like, i forgot how much these people like are not cool people and they try to like make them mm -hmm. seem like they're not just these very bad people um and it doesn't seem like seinfeld does that so yeah. for sure i am excited to go watch it after this all right alex well i i do want to say no before before i go into anything about why seinfeld matters I do want to acknowledge that there are some episodes that have aged really poorly and that yes. were even controversial when they happened. Yes. Uh, yes. And I don't endorse those episodes or what they do. And yes. I don't think any of you guys do. Specifically, there's the one with the with the um, Native American statue and there's it's the Puerto Rican bad. Pride Parade. Yes. Which yes. ends with Michael Richards setting a flag on fire, if you want to know it's how bad it goes. really yes. bad. Uh, and I think they actually like issued an apology. NBC did, I think, like basically right after it aired, more or less. Uh, it yeah, it was not well received, and it did not deserve to be well received. Um, yeah, it was really bad. The stakeout's also a bad one. And um, what happens with the stakeout uh, one? The stakeout one, if I remember correctly, the stakeout is where they go to a dinner party to meet a woman. And he wants to get her phone number and Elaine's helping. Um, is it Jerry? I think he's with Jerry. Yeah, she's with Jerry. Mm -hmm. And essentially, they're just like stalking this woman. Oh, yeah. That's, so no, that that's he not can good. sleep with her. It's really kind of it, it's really cringy and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, that one's really bad. And I, I think outside of that, I think the Puerto Rican Pride Parade is or Puerto Rican Day Parade is the one that like, the Puerto that's like the worst the one. Yeah, that one by far. That one's by far it's the worst. It's really one. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think honestly, if I think about why Seinfeld matters, it's because of the impact it had on the comedy landscape. This is like comedy is something that I personally place a high value on. Like if there's ever awkward situations or tense situations, like I am the person who will come in with a joke and try to fix things. Like my parents kitchen caught fire when I was in college. And like, as soon as the fire department showed up, I like made a couple jokes and then left to get everybody coffee. Like that's, that's who I am. Uh, so th seeing a show that like kind of lifted some restraints and opened the doors for people to try new things and to adventure out into different kinds of joke telling and to make those things more mainstream and just its cultural contributions in general with all the terms that we talked about, what a uniting factor it was for like the, not just like on a family level with Kate, but like also on a national level, like showing the finale in Times Square. I think that yeah. it, had a very weird defining um, power over the nineties and over comedy um, that we're still seeing yeah. now 20 years after it ended. 
And so, yeah, I think just the sheer impact that it had and the way that it has opened up new avenues of making jokes, like that's what I appreciate about Seinfeld and why I think it matters. Awesome. Did did I meet your uh, standard, your expectations of me? Yes. Always. As always. Glad to hear I don't know. I thought it was kind of mundane and normal. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, um, this was fun. Alex, thanks again Mm -hmm. for coming. Always a pleasure to have you on. Um, Always a pleasure to be here. I like Seinfeld. I still do. I haven't watched it in a few years. Obviously, I know with the rights transitioning, and I don't, I, I'm sorry, I won't do commercials. This might be a whole, we've been to this whole thing. I might have a whole episode of why we're not watch Hulu because of commercials and it drives me insane, even if they're so bad. Like I didn't pay for Hulu for that. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's something that's unique. Um, like I said, people may not get it nowadays. Younger people, it was a different time, obviously 30 years. Um, it's very thing. I do like the whole, I like the bad character stuff per se, because obviously I don't like, obviously I love the office and everything. But I also just like Seinfeld because it does ground in a level of like, I just don't think people in general are probably that as good as they think they are. And a lot of people are probably more close to the Seinfeld characters and they probably really think they are. Hmm. Um, And so like, obviously we don't get to always sunny in Philadelphia level or even the office level where, you know, you can genuinely, there is a giant step upward. I think Seinfeld for obviously, you know, being the infant or the beginner thing, but I think it does a great job of saying people are flawed. People can be bad. But in the general, they just try to live their lives. And so, and so I guess on that, Kate, yeah. take us away. Yeah. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm. This was great. You made me seem less weird, um, as always. <laughs> um, but why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MostAlwaysAlex. I don't post nearly as much as I should, but I do want to get better about that. Uh, you can find me on Friday.com. We do genre and horror news and reviews. Uh, also, once a month on their Patreon, we do a free episode for anybody called The Writer's Room, uh, which is usually a train wreck, but I lead it, so it's my train wreck. Uh, and you can find me on Game Boys, which is a co-op video gaming podcast. Awesome. And if you're listening and you want to support us a little bit more, head on over to Patreon.com slash PC. And you can follow us on all of our social medias at ButWhyThePC. And come follow me at OMMithRandier on Twitter. Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-S-E, 93. Matt? I still can't believe he wanted to name a child Seven and then got mad that somebody stole it. (laughs) Nobody was married. (laughs) 